Good morning, Leafs Nation. This is the Leafs Convo Podcast for August 11th, 2019. I'm your host, Norman James, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. Joined, as always, by my podcast partner in crime, the one and only Michael Piagello from Chicktawaga, New York, USA. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Norman. Um, how are you? <laughs> that was that's not like Han Solo in Star Wars when you know they're stuck in that little area and they've got to talk to the stormtroopers. You remember that one when they're wearing the stormtrooper costumes and they're going to go v- high? Vaguely. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if, if any of the OGs remembers that. Um, rough start to the show, Mike. Thank you very much. For no, that's that. okay. Hope all is well is uh, in uh, Jello Land. Um, well, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to recover from that uh, that painful Yankees performance in Toronto yesterday. It's it seems during the summer the only thing I go up to Toronto for is uh, concerts or uh, to watch the Yankees lose to the underachieving Blue Jays. Although you know you, <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit a a missile to left field uh, that almost went through the wall for a single. It was like a 330 foot single, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the, there's some impressive young hitters, but. Boy, does that pitching staff need a lot of work? Yeah, and it will be worked on, Mike. The the Jays are on route. They should be in pretty good position to at least nip at a, a playoff spot. And the Yankees almost what thirty five games over five hundred with that lineup. I couldn't name one of them. It's yeah. I mean, I mean but it's just a testament to the job that Mister Cashman and that organization are doing. The Bronx Bombers, baby. Mike, you come up here just to use this for our entertainment and our culture and our restaurants, and then you peel back to Western New York. What the hell's going on with you, man? What are you, a tourist? <laughs> I'm as Canadian as an American. I know you yeah. are. I know you are. We, we love, we'd love to have you. Um, Michael, what is going on with the Maple Leafs right now that we can talk about? This is supposed to be the Sunday Spectacular, maybe the Craptacular. But I've heard some crap thrown or I've seen some crap or I've watched some crap thrown out there about Mitch Marner and the Islanders and an offer sheet. Come on, man. Let's just get over this nonsense. It's We saw with the Sebastian Ajo thing, it never works. Well, and, and the thing is, I mean, it, and you can tell it's the middle of August when an unsubstantiated report from somebody who does not have a check mark on Twitter, who doesn't work for, you know, a uh, established media outlet is reporting uh, you know, a $13 million seven-year offer sheet to Marner, and then people comment on it. Um, until I see it from a Chris Johnston or an Elliot Friedman or McKenzie or LeBron, I'm not going to believe yeah. it. And based on the conversations that I've had with, you know, people like Kevin Allen from USA Today, who I do a, a, a webcast with one, like once a week, um, you know, he's basically saying that there's no movement on the RFA situations right now. That offer sheets, you know, it, the, the Aho example is, is very good in terms of that was a joke of an offer sheet that, that Carolina matched in about three seconds. And that if somebody does that to Marner, meaning, you know, a, sort of a five-year offer for a lower amount, the Leafs will, you know, will respond very quickly. But it probably won't happen because the the Marner camp will not sign an offer sheet unless it's giving them a certain amount for a certain amount of years, and I don't think they're signing anywhere for seven years. And if it's a sm- if it's a shorter deal, then I think the Leafs will match. So I I I don't think it's going down this road. And from what Kevin said uh, during the week, he said that there are some players that are going to go into the season that this is going to be an impasse with certain players. Not saying Marner, but. You know, there's a whole bunch of really talented restricted free agents out there, and they're all looking for big money. 
and they may have to push it into the regular season to get the money they think they deserve. This is the Leafs Convo Podcast. The whole idea and process of offer sheeting seems more problematic than it constructive. Is there any way to change the rules so that an offer sheet becomes has the chance of being realistic and making the, making the idea and the concept and the and the potential result exciting? Not until the CBA is renegotiated, which I believe it's uh, coming up in twenty one twenty two. Um, that's why you see a whole bunch of players getting front loaded or heavily bonus laden con- contracts in those years. Cause on July 1st, they get most of their money. And then, you know, if there is a lockout that they'll be able to survive through till whenever it gets done, I'm hoping that that's not the case and there's not going to be a lockout, but there, there definitely are hills to die on when it comes to, you know, certain situations. I, you know, I'm sure that some players out there want an offer sheet scenario where the penalty is not as punitive as four first round picks, but because any team like, for example, Columbus, which happened you know, last month, if they were you know, realistically interested in a Marner deal where they're giving up four first round picks if Toronto doesn't match, they want him for seven years. And the Marner camp clearly is interested in a shorter term deal that either gets them to just near free agency at age 26 or a, maybe a year later so he can hit it at 27. They don't want another a long seven-year deal because they want to hit the money again when he's in his mid-20s. And I don't blame them for that, but you know, you have to you have to give up something to get something. And that's where I think the problem is with Darren Ferris and the Marner camp right now, because they want their cake and they want to eat it too. They want the money they would get on a seven or eight-year deal from Toronto, but they want it for three years. And you're not going to get that. So that's where I think the impasse is going to be. I think it's going to last maybe till training camp, maybe till the beginning of the regular season. But I don't think Marner wants to hold out into the season. He saw what happened with Nealander, and I don't think he wants to repeat that. We can expect scenarios to unfurl at some point over the next few months. Darren Ferris, for as much as we go on about the guy, he's a smart guy. He wouldn't be in business if his clientele didn't think he could get results for them. Where do you think he thinks this ends up? Well, based on his previous track record, I think I mentioned it in the last combo, he had a couple guys um, in uh, uh, Andreas Athenasiu with uh, Detroit mm-hmm. and Josh Anderson with Columbus that they held out through training camp. Athenasiu actually held out into the regular season. I think he signed in late October. And when in the end, when those deals got done, he didn't get what he was looking for. I don't, I don't even think he got close to what he was looking for. Then the CEO got, I think, a $1.3 million contract and a one-year deal. Uh, Anderson got a three-year deal for under $2 bucks. They were looking for more than that. They were looking for a long-ter- long-term deals in each instance. And, um, you know, Athenasiu ended up getting a bigger contract the following year after he had another good season. But and I realize Marner is a different kettle of fish. He's, a, you know, a leading scorer, one of the top scorers in the league, led the Leafs two years in a row. So he deserves to be paid. I don't think anybody is, is saying that he does it. It's just the question of does he deserve to be paid as much as Austin Matthews and on a short-term deal. And that's where I think the Leafs and him are sort of divided. And I think it'll eventually get done. Uh, in terms of a deal, but it's going to take a while and it's going to take some negotiation from Kyle Dubas. Jeez, Ferris representing these former Knights, Anderson, Athanasiu, Marner. Just, is everyone a former London Knight? Like, I'm trying to forget the past. And there it is confronting me every single time we do a podcast, Michael. 
I mean, do what do the Leafs have enough money for? I mean, how much can they spend in this scenario? And Ferris has to understand where the Leafs' constraints are when it comes to budget. Like, what is he expecting them to do? I mean, is this all about, again, the little man syndrome, wanting what he thinks he should get when lined up with the big names in the league? Here, here's the thing about this report that I, I believe is the main reason why it's erroneous. I don't think Mitch Marner wants to leave Toronto. And if he's offered a offer yeah, sheet at $13 million for seven years, the Leafs are not matching it. Because the, the upheaval it would cause would be, I mean, they they would almost immediately have to trade somebody to clear the cap space. If, if they can squeeze it in for a year, there will definitely be somebody who will have to be traded next summer. And I think they, you know, in, in that instance, the Leafs want to be able to slot Marner in for an amount where it doesn't make them do something, but they have the options of what to do. If, he had, if they have to sign him for $13 million, He's making more than Matthews. He's making more than Tavares, and it, it destroys their salary structure. He is not a $13 million player. He's a great mm. player. There's no bigger appreciator of Mitch yeah, Marner's game than myself. Mm. But he's not, he, is not the, he is not the highest paid player in the NHL. And if Darren Ferris is shooting for that, and if this report is – and here's the other reason I think it's completely erroneous. Lou Lamorello is the general manager in, uh, in Long Island. Do you really think he's he's signing an offer sheet for thirteen million bucks a year? No, where are they? Where the, where were they getting that money? How how would well? That, how would, it, sorry, yeah. Mike. How would Mitch Marner signing that offer sheet for you know an outrageous amount of money? How would that benefit the Islanders other than saying, "Hey, we stuck it to the Maple Leafs. They took Tavares. We took Marner." Honestly, is Marner joining the Islanders for a ridiculous amount of money that is going to hamstring the organization for years to come, going to ultimately get them a Stanley Cup within a short period of time? No, it'll it'll win the, um, you know, the emotional uh, leaf suck award because, you know, we, we stuck it to them. If it's for real. And again, again I, stress, yeah, I right. don't believe it is. Right. I, I would say I would say this get ready Islanders for someone, maybe Toronto, maybe somebody else to offer sheet Matthew Barzell next summer, because he'll be coming up on his ELC and somebody, if they sign Marner for that and make him the highest paid player in the NHL and they're up against the cap, then they will be in the same position as the Maple Leafs are this summer without the financial resources that the Leafs have. I don't see them trading for David Clarkson and, you know, basically eating $5 million in salary to be able to slot Marner in. Um, you know, they, they won't be able to do that. They, their ownership right now is penny pinching until they get a new building built. Mm -hmm. So if they want to go down that road, you know, the, the, uh, the NHL is full of general managers who are sharks <laughs> and they'll see blood and they'll see blood in the water. If they sign Marner and then Barzil's out there as a restricted free agent, they will give him 10 million bucks or more and they will not be able to match. We're just throwing this out there because it is August 11th, you know, a good month and a bit until we get into some uh, nitty gritty type hockey that we can really sink our teeth into. The whole idea of a organization like the Islanders spending stupid money on anybody, this, this impasse or this issue, situation between Marner and the Leafs right now, it, it's like a, it's like a, a couple having a, a long protracted, squabble or, or fight or disagreement where you know things have gone cold 
there's little talk going on. You know, the end game is reconciliation. That could happen a lot sooner, but because of pride um, and the lack of swallowing it, it just goes on and on and on. Look, it's not like the Leafs are going to be able to dig up a shitload more money and pay this cat. It doesn't seem like they're going to ship out number 88 to free up room so that they can make Mitch Marner the highest paid guy in the league. Marner is not going to want to go anywhere else, really. I know the dad probably would like to see him go somewhere else. But I have a feeling both parties know where this is going to end up. Let's just get there and get this damn thing over with. And Mitch, you can go make your big dollars in a few years' time. You know, it's 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 frustrating yeah. to watch, but I guess it's just part of what they want to do. The 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 only thing I can say is that I, I think that the reason that this is going to go to the eleventh hour is because Ferris and I think probably most agents out there see what happened with Neilander, see what happened with Matthews, and say, okay, I can get big money too that Dubas will fold or Dubas will feel the pressure and will give, give me what I want. And the thing is, I think Dubas is in the position now where he, and you know, I've heard from many people who said the reason that he went and gave Neilander the deal that he did was because they were in the, they were in competition for the cup and they didn't want to lose him as a, as a potential guy to, to be part of that team last year. Whereas, you know, I mean, you know, I think, our point of view was pretty accurate in saying there was no way that they were winning the Stanley cup with the defense that they had. So what they should have been more hard line with the under and, you know, Matthews, I I think it's, it was an okay deal. You know, they, they paid him what I think most people thought he was going to get on an eight year deal for a five year deal. But you know, that's, that's neither here nor there, but with Marner with the possibility of having three players over 10 million bucks in it with a cap that's not going to go up probably for another two years. That's a problem. And he's a winger and all the, all these things, all these check marks and, you know, Dubas has to stay firm and, and make sure that he gets the best deal possible. And if there are any hurt feelings, those will be assuaged when uh, he gets into camp and starts playing games. Realistically, what is camp Marner going to get at the 11th hour that they're not going to get now? Well, I mean, I, I think right now, ideally, it's the term that they want. The, the, I mean, I've heard, again, heard it reported from many. Um, Marner wants a four- or a five-year deal. four-year mm. deal is, is a non-starter because that walks him right to unrestricted free agency. That's not going to happen. Uh, a five-year deal would be the same term as Matthews and Nylander, all of them turning UFA the same year. That's not ideal. So the Leafs right now want a deal of three years, six years, or seven years. And six or seven years may be too long for what Marner wants because I think if it's six years, he turns a free agent the same year as Tavares. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like if it's six years, he probably wants as much as Matthews does or as Matthews got. That's why I keep falling back on it being a three-year deal and us going through this again in 2022. Or twenty two, Camp Marner's job is to do what's right or what they believe is right for Mitch Marner. Get as much, do as much, screw the Leafs as much, put them in a position where, you know, their feet are held to the fire, gun to the head, get what we need, and then, you know, join the team and say, all right, let's go win a Stanley Cup. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a bit more – players were a bit more amenable to 
what the team needs overall to succeed and and teams uh, were quick to compensate their players appropriately and accordingly based on what mm. they've done and what they project them to do. And that's kumbaya, right? That's the perfect world. Uh, we're certainly not in that situation right now. And I, I just feel like um, the inevitable is inevitable with this camp that wants a lot of money and this team that's trying to make everything fit. Uh, before we go, uh, go hard or go flaccid. Okay. So many questions. <laughs> Will the Leafs win the cup before the Jays win another world series? What is the reaction of Marner's signs for more than Tavares? Will Nylander have cornrows for game one? Okay. Right? Just um, pressing uh, stuff. Uh, this is, this is the big, this yeah. is the big deal right here. This is the big news, a big deal. If, if I, if, if I, you know, looking at seeing the Blue Jays and seeing, I, it was funny because at the game yesterday, they put up the projected rotation for 2020 and like uh, Matt Shoemaker was one of the top four starters. It's going to be a while before the Jays contend for a world series. I, I love their offense. I love Biggio, Bichette, Guerrero. I think Danny Jansen's a, a better hitter than he's been right now. They, they've got they've got a core group that you can build around, but the pitching it takes a while to build up a pitching staff. So it's gonna it's gonna be a while. Uh, I think the Leafs can win the, win a cup in the next three or four years based on the based on the moves that they make. Um, you know, I, I believe that you know if they do sign Marner, which they probably will pretty soon, um, that they're to re-sign some of the defensemen that they have on the roster this year, say Muzzin or Tyson Berry, they're going to have to move out a significant salary after this year. So if they do that and I, and their defense plays well this year, you could see a Nylander or a Kapanen be moved out. They, these are the type of moves that, you know, they will be debated in how mm-hmm. successful or unsuccessful they'll be. So I think the Leafs have a better chance of winning a cup in the next three to four years and the Blue Jays have a chance at winning the World Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for as for Nealander's cornrows, I could give a crap less. He's just he's just so fashionable, right? He's iconic. He's eighty eight, his look, the beard. It's part of the image, man. That's why so many people just love this guy. The interesting thing is nobody gave a shit about him before this madness with the team last year and you know god bless him bring him on let's see what happens i mean nylander's going to start the season with the maple leafs there's a chance that marner doesn't so i mean it's hard to be rooting for people who aren't on the team and uh you know as people who do want to see the leafs win the stanley cup gotta say if you're wearing blue and white i wish you the best i hope the best for you and i hope you produce at the highest level um because that's what it's all about I mean, I mean, there's nothing we could do for Martin Marinson, but the rest of them, I think there's hope for. Just a, a couple of shout-outs before we go. Thank you so much to our uh, Patreon subscribers and contributors. It means the world to us, as well as Jay Hep, North Hollywood Timberwolf, and the guy who scribbles a bunch of Portuguese in our community section. I think what he's saying would be passable to repeat on this podcast. And then again, if we have any Portuguese translators out there, let us know what he's saying. If it's good, if it's bad, just leave it. Buddy, have fun in Western New York. Uh, come up to Canada anytime you want to immerse yourself in, in beautifulness because I mean, you, you make the place that much better. Thank you. Thanks. No, 